0: Everybody, it's me, Roscoe, and welcome to the Kings of Anglia Issues Town podcast, which is proudly sponsored by Manscaped. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery for a new look for 2024 from up here to down there. And that's my phrase for the, for the rest of the month until we, we switch it. And it, it's, it's a normal, normal plug for the Manscaped. Um, we're here. It's Friday. Uh, another week Lily done and dusted. The second week of 2024. I'm joined by good old Stuart Watson and AJ as we look back at the week, uh, Stu, welcome back to the show. How's things?
1: Uh, things all right, thank you, Ross. Yeah, it's been nice to have uh, no midweek game this week after quite a busy little period. I think it's just a chance for everyone to to catch their breath. Um, but yeah, I still had a few little things going on, haven't we? Yes,
0: indeed. Um, uh, let's get AJ in. Who's got a fresh look? Got a fresh trim.
2: How? How things yeah. are you? Fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good. I've enjoyed. I had a nice day off yesterday, and as Stu kind of alluded to. Not having the um, midweek games, quite a nice little bit in there. And at least the fixture list kind of calms down a little bit over the next few weeks, doesn't it? What,
0: one thing I'm missing, though, boys, is a lovely 3pm kickoff
2: on a Saturday. Um, oh, yeah.
0: For the rest of this month, we've got... Well, we actually won't have any 3pm kickoff. off We'll stoke 3pm on New Year's Day.
2: So, stoke was 3pm on New Year's Day. The next one after this will be... Preston on February third. That is the only one between New Year's Day and February seventeenth at Swansea. There is only one in that period. Um, Twelve thirty at Wimbledon. Five thirty against Sunderland. Eight against Leicester. Twelve thirty against Maidstone. Twelve thirty against West Brom and eight against Millwall. So that is a, a pretty horrifying run if you are one of these kind of religious believers in the three PM kickoffs. Definitely, Ipswich have lost a fair few of those in the last
1: few weeks. I'm when wondering. was the last? When was the last three PM kickoff at Portman Road? Then I'm just looking back through the fixtures. QPR was a Friday night. Coventry. Covent, we're going back as far as Coventry. Wow. December second, Coventry was the last
2: three PM kickoff at uh, Portman Road. Yeah. Wow.
0: I do miss those because it's it's just you you know what you're doing at four three pm kickoff, don't you? You know, in terms of having breakfast, and you know, you knowing when you're setting off uh, for away games when it's it's twelve thirty or five thirty, you just you just it's all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. It's all over. Ross's uh,
2: body clock goes absolutely mental when games kick off at half five or half twelve. Yeah, obviously I'm not the
0: one driving, but you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) obviously, Um, I'll take it if that's the if that's the price of success. Yeah. um, yeah, if the, if the alternative is to swap back to uh, to League One and be having loads of nice three pm kickoffs at Aquinton and Morecambe and the like, I'll uh, I'll take this scenario. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, if we get to the promised land, it could be Friday Friday kickoffs, Sunday kickoffs, Monday kickoffs, mm. all, all of those. Um, but we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. We're, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I want to mention it, boys, before we get on to all the other bits. Um, so I'm the Burton Albion new manager. Um, so. I'm going to be having to carry a lot of the load here from doing the Town podcast and everything and now managing. Um, but yeah, Mark Beck pointed out, and I have to admit, yeah, I do look like him a bit. What's his name? Martin, Martin Patson
1: Patterson? He's a former player, former Patterson, player. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty uncanny, yeah. If, if people haven't seen it, the uh, take a little look at the new Burton manager. Um, he, It's a glimpse into Ross Hall's future. I think he's... Uh, that's what you're going to look like, sort of in your late thirties. When you get to sort of my age, Ross, that's that's what you're going to look like. What
2: are you yeah. going to do when you're supposed to? I mean, when Town do have their rare three o'clock kickoffs, how are you going to do that? Like taking all your snappy snaps, as you say, while also trying to manage Burton Albion as well.
0: They're playing Derby on Monday, so I can work out for this weekend. So it's all good. Um, so I can go to Litchfield's game against Sunderland, and I'll be heading up. Liam from Crewe will be driving me to Burton. Uh, actually, they're wearing <laughs> derby, so Liam from Crewe can do that for me. Although he's in Scotland at the moment, so I don't know how... No, he's back for the Sunderland game, so he'll be he'll be okay. He'll, he'll be able to take me. So, um, but yeah, that was very, very funny to see that. So, yeah, can't wait to get started, Burton Albion fans. The Brewers, yeah. Rakeem Harper's there, obviously. So I'll, I'll, I'll link up with the Dream. Um, but yeah, enough of that.
1: I, I assume your first act will be to release everybody 30-plus. Yeah, Ruthless, much. get them all together. Gone, yeah. gone. Do you know what? I'll have to look at their squad as a whole and see.
0: You know, have they still got, um, what's his face? Oh, no, I think he's gone now. The striker, um, they're right, who's been there for years.
1: Oh,
0: um, oh, I forgot his name. Yeah, I've gone blank on that as well. I know
1: who you yeah. mean. Akins, Lucas Akins, Aikens, Lucas Aikens,
0: mm. Aikens, yeah, now of
2: Mansfield Town.
0: Oh, yeah, he linked up with Nigel Clough, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mustafa Caria was there as well. Stu, remember
1: him. Muzzy, yeah. Good old Muzzy. Oh,
0: he's 35 now, though. <laughs> See you later, mate. See you later. But um, yeah, we can go for the whole squad one day. But yeah, at the moment, we, we won't do it for this issue Town podcast, obviously. But um, yeah, can't wait to get started at uh, the Pirelli Stadium. Uh, this is a
2: glimpse into how Ross would play football manager, by the way. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. The boys. release so, but, you know, button would be pressed. Yeah, that's yeah. so, what I mean. I'm, I'm
0: more in a gaming sense in real life, like Sam Woolsey, Mass Wanga. You're all good for me, boys. You're good. Keep going, keep going. Um, but there has been a departure, boys. Shall we segue onto that? Uh, I'll sort of speak to more to you to really. Um, as you you were the man who covered him um for the last two years. Um, but yeah, Carl Edwards has departed Irish Town. Um, Mutual Consent FC. Um. Mutually um, consent me's contract. He was going to be out of contract this summer. uh, Spent the first half of their season on loan at Oxford United. Your thoughts on that one, my friend?
1: Yeah, Kyle Edwards is is a bit of an enigma, really, wasn't he, during his his time at Ipswich Town? Uh, When he first signed, he was one of the Paul Cook 19 summer signings. Those early games, I think he came on at Burton... He might have started the Cheltenham game, but those two away games early in Paul Cook's tenure, we looked at him and thought, wow, how on earth have Ipswich managed to get him in League One? And he spoke to people at West Brom and they seemed to rate him, both him and Rakeem Harper, sort of quite highly, the way they'd come through the youth ranks and were maybe a little bit surprised that they'd been allowed to, to drop down. Um, so... Yeah, just a box of tricks, wasn't he, in in those games and took people on and really exciting. The thing that sort of prevented him kicking on was his consistency of of end product. Um, That's why he was never able to quite nail down a starting spot and and get a place in the side. Um, But that said, he still still played a, a decent role in the promotion last season off the bench. Probably the two Cambridge games are the ones that spring to mind, came on in the home game and scored twice. With uh, it was a cross, wasn't it? One of those goals was a cross. But let's be fair. But you could feel the sort of the groundswell of support for him, and and everyone was so pleased for him um, in that game. Even the away game, he stepped off the bench at half-time, I think in that one and helped Ipswich get a, a valuable point. Um, but um, yeah, it never felt like he had that those consistency levels to to really kick on at Ipswich Town and. Um, yeah, needs needs to find himself a, a home now where he can he can get starts. He's twenty five years of age and he's not got enough starts under his belt for for that age. So um, yeah, it was a bit confusing the way the way it sort of panned out last week or this week. You know, with the his loan was ended and then he was going to stay at Oxford to get fit and now the contracts ended. I would imagine it's probably helped him to free up a bit of budget. Um, for the January transfer window doing it this way um, and has maybe paved the path for him to, to maybe sign for Oxford. You, you would imagine that he, he did quite well there until a hamstring injury struck around late September time. So he needs to get fit again, first and foremost. But if it's Oxford or if it's elsewhere, hopefully he can find a home and I'm sure he, he goes with all Ipswich fans. Um, best wishes.
0: Yeah, indeed. All the best to Carl Edwards. Uh, 63 games, scoring three goals. And AJ... Um, two of those goals was against your boys Cambridge. Um, Thank you. absolutely yep. sorry, 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 but great you know, it's, it's that's the iconic goals for Kyle Edwards when he mm-hmm. when he was here. Um, over thoughts on that, obviously, you only saw him, you know, in pre season. But um, I think when he went out on loan to Oxford, you always felt mm, maybe that could be the end for Kyle because when you get loaned out, sometimes it does mean the end of, of a player.
2: Yeah, I think. He always came across as that really exciting player in preseason, but it was hard to see where he kind of fit into everything. And I, I assume that I kind of maybe been the vibe for a little while. I know but when you look at Nathan Broadhead being on that left flank and then you look at Marcus Harms being on that left flank, there was always going to be the potential of um, adding other options, as, as town now have obviously in that time as well. It, it felt like a, a tough ask for him to. Probably step up against that competition in the championship. Um, At the end of the day, he's come in, done exactly what town have asked him and and gone with his head held high, I think. And I think the biggest thing that um, I I can say about him is the fact that I I think I was the one who ended up asking McKenna about, you know, what's the plan for him over the summer? Um, I said, you know, what what is it going to be in the case of. he, he was left out of the squad for the Bristol Rovers game. I think that was it. And um, McKenna said, Look, at the end of the day, it's a situation we want him to be able to play in this competition later because we're looking at one on a loan or a transfer. And when I put that out, this is a player who wasn't really in kind of the starting lineup picture, but the reaction was that of just, yeah, people being really gutted. So um, I'd say that speaks volumes of the kind of player and person that he was. Similar vibe to Greg Lee, so I, I yeah, definitely goes to everyone's wishes. There's a
1: comparison there with Greg Lee, isn't there, in terms of the personality playing into the uh, the way sort of pe- people feel about him. Um, infectious smile, always played with a smile on his face. I think people remember him sort of dancing in front of the group. Team celebrations are after promotion and everything, so that all plays into it with with Kyle Edwards. With um, but put, putting sentiment aside, he never quite grasped his chance. I guess it's that chicken and egg thing that how can you take your chance if you don't get those run of starts? Are the likes of Amari Hutchinson and Jeremy Sarmiento miles ahead of him? We'll we'll find out. but Probably are uh, ahead of him in terms of his development. But, um, you know, when we went back to last summer, you mentioned Marcus Harness there. I thought Edwards might be the one to be kept ahead of Marcus Harness just because he provides something different in terms of being that 1v1 dribbler and and Kieran McKenna mentioned it recently referenced it when he signed Sarmiento that they lacked someone with that those just dribbling skills since Kyle Edwards went and um a bit like Greg Lee last summer I think they they let him go with a bit of a heavy heart to go and improve his career and and seek first team football I think they probably would have kept both both of those rounds you know to, as decent backup options but also you want You want players to be sort of fully committed with their head and heart, and sometimes um, you have to make that decision. So, yeah, um, Carl Edwards gone, and and everyone will wish him well. Yeah, sadly, we never
0: got that promotion uh, rap video, did we? Obviously, Hmm. when he was at West Brom, um, but yeah. All the best to Kyle. And um, we haven't really lost anything, have we, really? Because with, the, say, Rakeem Harper, we yeah. actually spent a fee on him from West Brom. Kyle Edwards came in on, on, as a free transfer. I oh, don't know, we've just paid him up for his final six months of his deal. But at least we've not spent, like, you know, nearly half a million on him, just like Rakeem Harper. But, yeah, we shall see where Kyle Edwards ends up, boys. Well, um, let's segue on to the FA Cup draw, which was on Monday night. And uh, Mainstone United at home. Not Maidenhead. Which we have some of us have been mixed up with. I know Kieran Ke- McKenna. I think AJ said it as well. Um, the lowest ranked side left in the competition. Uh, it's been picked for TV coverage live on the BBC. Um, got a former town academy graduate in uh, George Fowler in their side as well. Um, they beat Stevenage in the um,
1: last rounds. Um, thoughts on this one, Stu? Uh, very good draw, I think. With with. Trying to remain respectful of the fact that it's it could be a potential banana skin and it's on terrestrial TV and the rest of the nation will be looking for an upset. I think the fact that it's at Portman Road lessens that chance of, of an upset. Um so yeah, we, we said, didn't we, what do we want? Well, a home game would be nice. Um something interesting, not just another championship side. Well, getting the lowest ranked team is is provides a bit of narrative and interest around it and, and Ipswich really have got a very good chance now of getting through to the last 16 of the FA Cup and then uh, who knows what could happen from there so um, yeah I was, I was pleased with this draw and George Ellicobi is one of football's nice guys that um, you know he's down the road at Colchester uh, for, for a long time um, we're talking about Carl Edwards kind of infectious personality George Ellicobi is certainly one of those those guys as well. So looking forward to this one.
0: Yeah. AJ, the magic of the cup is still alive. Uh, Mainstone, um, you know, a national league South side. Um, it's going to be an interesting match. Last season, we played uh, Bracknell town and Buxton. Buxton actually at Portland road. I'm sure Mainstone, they're going to bring their, their fans. It should be a good occasion.
2: Yeah. It's a bit kind of, I'd say more special about this thing is it's town. Someone you entered in the third round, um, Hosting aside, National League South, yeah, it might be a little bit higher in terms of I think what, Buxton were below that and Bracknell as well. So it's a different kind of test in that sense, but still a, a semi-professional side. With that, as, as Stu kind of referred to, it's a chance. I think this, if Tam were to progress, I think it would be the first time they've made the fifth round of the competition since from what I remember looking at 2006 which is fairly astonishing. I think before that it was 1996. I can see she's already off to have a look and double-check that I'm right in saying that. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's a fantastic opportunity. And you look at what would be, in terms of maybe a better draw, yeah, you've got the Premier League sides, at like the top Premier League sides. I think there was always, I kind of raised the point, would you like to draw Norwich in this competition? Um, but... Other than that, I think this is absolutely the one you want. And with them coming to Portman Road, obviously there's a kind of a sense of it's it's their big day out, and as it absolutely should be, this is you know, this is exactly what they deserve for an unbelievable run in the cup. They've already dumped out Barrow, who are going great guns in League Two, they've dumped out Stevenage, who are one of the strongest sides in League One this season. So by no means a, a test to kind of play down or undermine at all, but Pardon me. Um, Yeah, absolutely. This uh, is a fantastic opportunity for Ipswich and one that we'll definitely be looking forward to, hopefully with eyes and and going further. And the challenge, if they do go further as well, the fixtures will pile up and it will be an interesting one to see how they balance that with the league games, because February and March have become heavy, but one step at a time before that. Yeah,
0: and um, obviously everyone wanted a big tie, didn't they? They wanted one of the big boys in the Premier League, but still should be a good occasion. As I said, it's live on BBC, so good money for Mainstone as well. And uh, obviously they're coming here with a a decent amount of crowd, I'm sure. Of course, they got relegated from the National League last year. um, So I think they're third currently in the National
1: League South, so they're looking to bounce back straight away. Uh, Stu, have you got that stat on hand? Uh, Yes, yeah. Uh, 2006-2007 was the season when Ipswich... um beat Chester One off. from Swansea, and then eventually went out to Watford. So I saw a stat the other day, I need to verify this, but it sounds legit that Kieran McKenna has now won more cup games in charge of Ipswich than uh, Lambert, Cook, um, Hurst maybe even McCarthy in there. You'd, you'd have to see combined because Mick didn't win many Cup games, did he? But however many of the previous managers combined, Kieran's already kind of um, overtaken those in terms of Cup wins. So that that sort of feeling of there was a time not so long ago which would get this type of draw and you'd have a bit of a sinking feeling in your stomach. When I heard BBC One, it brought back flashbacks of, of Lincoln, uh, the replay defeat in 2017. With the last minute goal. I was sat next to Henry Winter that day in the in the press box and there was, you know, a lot of national attention on that. And that felt like the start of start of the demise, really, didn't it? But um things have changed of late. We keep saying it. The the TV curse, the this, that and the other, they don't feel as relevant these days. You mentioned the 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 Bracknell and the Buxton games were were um negotiated pretty comfortably last year, weren't they? So um yeah, never say never. Like Alex says, not a game to be underestimated in any way, shape, or form. But it's another chance to get the likes of Lewis Travis and Sarmiento up to speed. Um, yeah, there's there's still players that need need some game time, so they'll they'll be thankful of of uh, an extra cup game or two. So hopefully, it can it can aid um, the league form rather than uh, rather than derail it. Indeed. Well, bring it on
0: um, for the 27th for Jan. Obviously, we've got two big games before that, uh, Sunderland and Leicester, of course. Um, there's been a goal that's been nominated for goal in a Month, but just give it to him now because Wesburn's goal against Coventry has been nominated. AJ, I'll let you sort of cover this one. Uh, we, we've t- spoke about the goal many, many times, but uh, no surprise it's been nominated and it's probably going to win, in it?
2: I uh, really enjoyed getting that email into my inbox this morning saying that he'd been nominated because it was just another excuse to watch it again. And watching it as a team move, I mean, God, I've said this probably about 10 times on the pod, but just everything about it, the way they cut out from the back, the switch from right to left, the switch then again from left to right, Chaplin to Davis, Davis over to the right, the little dummying run from um, Harry Clark to allow Burns to cut inside and the finish. It's not just the finish and it's all going to be the talk about the finish, but as a team goal... It's just absolutely outrageous. What more can you say that we've not said in the last, what, five, six weeks since it's been scored? Um, I'd say this is fairly nailed on to win it, but you never know. I think it does go to a public vote, maybe with a little bit of kind of uh, pundit influence in there as well. Um, I I think that this is a fairly strong bet for goal of the season, to be honest. So we'll have to wait and see. Still a few games left to play this season to, to change that. But in terms of topping
1: what Burns did against commentary, wow, that'll take something. Is there anything else? I've not looked at the other nominees that will, that will trouble it in any way, shape or form. Um, I'd say I,
2: I'd, I've had a look at some of the ones previously. If you remember when um, Nathan Broadhead, had a, I think he might have had one or two nominations, and I was looking at it and thinking, it's a good goal, it's fine. And he'd maybe stand a chance because the competition isn't that great but he probably won't. Do. I think it actually might have been Luongo. Luongo got a nomination in November and I was looking at it thinking, is this a good goal he scored against Millwall? But the, the competition in general wasn't great. This was a very high bar in terms of the uh, the level of the goals. The ones that stand out, well, the other three nominees, essentially, Wes Hooters uh, was one that was scored on the same day. And I think there was a lot of competition of people saying online, wow, he's not even the scored the best goal by someone called Wes today. Um, which is the one where he lifted it over the goalkeeper from about 40 yards out with some hit, in fairness. The other one's James Justin uh, kind of, yeah, looping a shot over the goalkeeper away at Cardiff. And then the one that I hadn't actually seen was Sam Klukas um, towards the end of the month where he um, struck a a really good volley. was a volley, by the way. Stu, this is absolutely a volley um, on your adjudication panel here, but a nice volley from the edge of the area um, against Sunderland. So all probably be winners in their own rights in previous months. But in terms of travelling, I've got all oh, like Wes Burns. Phew, I don't think they'd come near, to be perfectly honest. But when it, it comes down to a public vote, things like that, you never know.
1: Just as well, the Patrick Bamford one was uh, in the FA Cup. Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been a close I call. I think Wes might have been troubled a bit had that been in the league.
2: Mm. That was that was beautiful. That was a beautiful goal.
1: Um And yeah, I've just
0: seen actually those goals back. And Sam Clucas is probably... Is second, I think. Second, the other ones you know, you, you can see them all the time pretty much. You know, just see the goalkeeper off the line, just hit it and hope for the best. And if it goes in, happy days. But Sam Cluex is a style.
2: Yeah,
0: pretty much. He hasn't
2: He hasn't been able to do that yet, has he? He's been so but close to the post day. twice, maybe post yeah, and crossbar, something crossbar, like,
0: crossbar, like yeah. that. But he'll hit it one day, a little one day. Um, let's segue then, boys. I like segue. Um, just that's the word I'm using at the moment. Um, word today,
1: I have noticed, yeah.
0: Segue, 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 like it. Uh, let's do update on the loan limit and max uh, squad size. Um, you're the man who knows more about this. You've got the probably got a book about it now. Uh, let us know with um, with of course Lewis Travis and Simon Into Edwards going. Just a little bit of an update on that. Who's the
1: Who's the Brighton loanee?
0: Jeremy Sariminto.
1: No, close, close enough. Hmm. You keep saying mint in there. I don't know where oh. mint comes from. We'll work on it. Alex, do you want to go through your little your little breakdown right. again?
2: Yeah, we this got a really nice uh, friends edit on social media, so um, thank you for that one. All right. Are you ready, Ross? Go on him. Okay, Sa. Sa. Me. Me. Sarmiento. Sarmiento. Nailed it.
0: There we go. Right, Get in we there. Can move Get on. On. There what we go. Was the move question? On. Uh oh, obviously we've got twenty-five man
1: um, squads and all that yeah. jazz. Well the man who knows. Go. And all that jazz, yeah. Right. Uh, loan limit. People are sort of saying how, what have they got to play with on that? It's four loan players at the moment. You can put five in your match day squad. So there's one to play with. So they've got to be think very carefully about what they do with this with this last loan player now. Ipswich, if uh, Having got Travis and Sarmiento on loan, are there other positions like centre-half or even fullback that if you were to go with a loan player now and then suddenly you need to do the striker on loan, then, then that's just something to consider? Um, and the 25-man senior squad limit, uh, by my reckoning, they're up to 26 now with the two new players that have come in. So um, that's fluid during a transfer window, but obviously... By the time the game rolls around on Saturday, they game by game you have to uh you have to register your twenty-five. So we're in a position now where somebody will have to be deregistered. You would imagine that would be Lee Evans given the long-term injury at the moment and the fact he's he's unavailable. So that's that's where which are at, at the moment. Um they're at their twenty-five. Evans has, I assume, already been deregistered, and it's a, a one in, one out situation now kyle edwards wasn't part of the, that conversation because obviously he wasn't named in the original squad at the end of the summer transfer window so um yeah whoever they whenever they bring someone else in and you know realistically we're talking still about two or three new additions possibly um one arguably two strikers needed and who knows with the injury situation at fullback. Uh, and Burgess being away at the, the Asian Cup, whether they'll look to add, you know, a versatile body in defence. Um, but yeah, one in, one out. Um, people like Shawnee Aluko could potentially be deregistered. And then um, and then you're looking at maybe a player sale here or there, which um, creates a, an interesting discussion.
0: Isn't it um, next season it changes as well? Is it one less loan or something like that I, I saw?
1: Yeah, I think FIFA are trying to change the loan rules, aren't they? I think probably led by Chelsea's ridiculous scooping up of every young player going and having about 50 players out on loan every year. Um, yeah, they're, they're trying to sort of bring that number of loan players that you can have out to foreign clubs, domestic clubs, kind of bring that down season, season on season for that reason to stop the big boys just kind of scooping everyone up and sending them out.
0: Yeah I still remember the you know when we signed uh, this probably under Mick McCarthy we used to like have players on loan for a month or two months you know when that when when loan window was just there I think you know, we got Richard Chaplow in, in February or something of course he scores that goal and other players in like November yeah. October and all well. called, like, was
1: it like a ninety ninety three 93 day loans or something yeah. they were called weren't they you'd get the transfer window shut and then you got this little weird loan period in between yeah
0: yeah, it must be it must be weird for like being a lone player and just like, you, if and you're only going to be there for ninety three days and you move on. Sometimes they sign permanently, obviously if they do well and everything. If they're not got any plans with their parent club, but yeah, loans, 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 very interesting indeed. Um, AJ, any thoughts on this before we we move on to Afcon and Asian Cup? Cameron Burgess is at the Asian Cup, not Afcon. Just remember that.
2: Where's Elkan Baggett? Asian Cup as well. Well done, good stuff we should have like a game going to all the championship players. Are they representing or are they playing at AFCON or the Asian Cup and go through the entire 17? I've done a piece on the entire 17 but um, in terms of the, the squad stuff, I think it's just interesting to see how they find that balance now and in terms of moving players on because you'd maybe look at someone, okay, Lewis Travis has come in for example, do you then think well, Don Ball for example, God, that hurts, Say, so, could be someone to, um, to move on and in terms of the squad numbers, in terms of your defensive midfielders, yeah, that probably makes sense. But then you think about his versatility, the fact that he can cover a centre-back at right-back, probably put him in goal or up front at this rate, to be honest. I know I called him the Swiss Army knife over the summer. Um, do you want to kind of take that risk, knowing how kind of rigorous a championship season is, knowing how tough it's going to be in February and March when Town are doing loads of miles and playing Saturday, Tuesday? Do you want to take that risk? Um Ideally, you probably wouldn't. But in terms of them balancing that with squad registrations, that's going to be really tough. And maybe someone like him and the, the others as well. I mean, we've touched on Freddie Ladappo, um, But in, in terms of someone like Don Ball, do you look at those signings coming in and thinking, well, where, where's my role in this team now? I could see that before. But now bringing in another defensive midfielder changes that when you're Freddie. I mean, yeah. It's kind of hard to, to see beyond this month with him. But at the end of the day, he's still one of two strikers at the club. So a hard balance to find. Um, I'm sure that Town are not the only ones dealing with this problem. But it, it's nice to have the strong squad. It's nice to have big numbers. It's nice to be able to um, come into midweek games, make those changes. And it also doesn't feel like Town will weaken that much. But it's still kind of so difficult to find that balance within these squad numbers and, and limits and even things like loans as well now, because I'm pretty sure that if they had the option, Tam would probably um, explore the loan market more. But I think realistically, unless someone like Brandon Williams goes back, no idea whether that would be the case given his game time over the last few weeks. But other than that, it's going to be one coming in. Maybe would they like to have more? You don't know. But trying to find that balance overall is pretty tricky.
1: I like the idea of Don Ball playing up front. Is that the, the solution <laughs> to uh to all of the current current striker worries might well, might have been under you know, our nose said, all the time?
2: Um, you know, when you said Wes Burns, or you got told that Wes Burns had been playing up front by Kieran McKenna. I mean, maybe this is like the backup to the backup now. You're gonna have mm. uh yeah, Don Ball false nine, something like that. There's loads of possibilities there. Maybe <laughs> there's like this untapped goal scoring potential within him.
1: Yeah. That the scenario you you said there about not letting someone like Freddie go till you've got someone else in, and and Caden Jackson maybe falls in in that bracket. which Jackson's out of contr- out of contract in the summer. You can see that you know it's probably trending a certain way for for both of those players, but Ipswich are not going to let either of them go till they've got adequate replacements in. So you have to bear that in mind. On the flip side, when you're talking about Ipswich trying to get people that there's going to be a similar scenario at the chain further further up the line that Premier League clubs, for instance, are, are waiting. Players are available, but only when they choose to let them go. So um, I know there's been a sort of a sense of building frustration that a striker is not in the building here. But Kieran McKenna did did warn us a, a week or so ago that it's a little bit different with strikers. Um yeah, there's a bit of a holding pattern going on here. Ipswich now, are, you know, in League One, they were the big fish in the, in the smaller pond, and and maybe could apply a bit of financial muscle to to get people. Now they're up against the likes of Leeds and Southampton and others for for the same sort of players. So it's not easy. It always felt to me like it might it might go towards the wire with the with the marquee striker signing. Um, so we just have to be patient and, and trust that, uh, as, as they've shown over several transfer windows now, that the plates are spinning and um, the wheels are in motion and uh, hope, hopefully it all comes together.
2: Yeah,
0: we shall see. So yeah, no sexy stuff as as of this recording for this week, uh, but we shall wait and see. Uh, Don Bull has only scored five goals in his career. Obviously, he has been a centre-back and right-back and stuff, and a, a, a midfielder. So, you know, we'll, we'll let him off. We'll let him off there. Um, but, yeah, if we want a, a guy who can score goals, maybe maybe move... It
1: somewhere. happens from time to time. Do you remember? I think Neil Warnock, didn't he have? A, didn't his wife one day say to him that she'd had a dream the previous night that one of the his centre-halves or full-backs was going to score a hat-trick? So, he... he he put him up front, and he did indeed score a hat trick. So, maybe, maybe AJ's had a premonition about Don Ball. Maybe we should tell Kieran McKenna later on see if he uh, see if he wants to go with it. I remember Steve Watson was a fullback for Everton back in the day, former Newcastle player as well. He went up front as an emergency striker and scored a hat trick one day. So, stranger things have happened. I remember when um, Ollie Hawkins was here,
0: and we had a, like, a centre back, you know, sort of like a. Uh... It's a crisis in a way, and of course he was a striker for us. And then, well, like, oh, he we can play centre back as well. And we're like thinking, mm. and obviously he has gone on to play centre back. I think for Mansfield, I think even he's at Gillingham right now. Um, But yeah,
1: it used to happen a lot years ago. People like Chris Sutton and Dion Dublin sort of Richard changed. Naylor, yeah, Richard, Richard Naylor, Naylor for a mm-hmm. switch sort of went. Uh, people changed from centre back to strikers and, and vice versa. So yeah, watch this space, legend. We shall see. Um <laughs>
0: Let's quickly. Talk about the Asian Cup and Afcon, AJ. You're the man who knows more about this than us. Does it? I think it starts today. Actually, I think the Asian Cup. I think uh, Qatar, um, who are hosting it, they're, they're playing. I think Cameron Burgess potentially will play tomorrow against India. Um, how, how will that affect Town and Chatsworth sides?
2: Yeah. So the Asian Cup kicks off today, Qatar against Lebanon, and then Afcon starts tomorrow. They basically run concurrently, so they're, yeah, there's going to be. Um, finishing around about the same time. So those who go deep into the tournament will be away until about, I think it's February 12th, roughly pretty much spot on around the month. Um, in terms of Elkhorn Baggett, I, you know what, I'm not here to slate Indonesia, but I think there's a good chance we see him back sooner rather than later. Um, sorry, Indonesia. I don't really fancy your chances of this one. Australia are among the favorites for the Asian cup around about kind of third or fourth, even if they make it to the semi-finals. Um, then you're looking at a third and fourth place game because those do happen. Um, That's still going to be around mid-February. So I think there's a a fairly strong chance that unless there's a total tanking from Australia, who I think, wouldn't they win it 2015? So they have got a a title to their name, Japan, the the, kind of the runaway favourites with this one um, as the strongest side and the ones who always get quite deep into the World Cup. But he'll be gone probably up until that point. So that's going to be quite a few games you're looking at I think that'll take you up until about the West Brom game, that half-twelve kick-off. Um, town not the worst affected. There's quite a few teams who've lost um, two players, I think, as well, with the fact that one of them is Elkin Baggett. Again, someone who maybe isn't quite in the, the first-team picture means that really the big loss is um, Cameron Burgess. So, yeah, that's a, a big blow for them uh, from that perspective. But then you look at someone like Leicester, for example. Leicester would you to lose four. Wilfred and Didi picked up an injury that's going to rule them out for, I think, the best part of about two months. So it's only going to be three, but there's still more than anyone else in the division. You're looking at they're, they're going to be without their two main strikers. Well, Vardy's injured at the moment. And uh, I don't think that he's kind of nearing a return. It might be quite hard given his age. And then looking at Patson Vacker away, Kelechi and Nacho away. All they've got at the moment is Tom Cannon. So they're definitely weaker up front going into that game where, where Town are going to go to the King Power in um just over a week and um they're probably the ones who've been yeah the worst hit by it um overall yeah there's about maybe five or six teams who've lost a couple of players hull probably another who've been hit fairly hard by it but overall i think you look through these squads and they've got enough to deal with the absentees southampton maybe one where you'd be thinking oh they're gonna be losing a couple they've lost joe arebo who's a good player but when you look at the depth they've got in their squad it's absolutely outrageous it's just going to be a one in one out situation they can deal with that with ease so when you look at it in terms of the promotion race um West Brom hit quite hard depending on I mean I guess realistically you have to look at them as playoff contenders but they're definitely going to be without a, a couple of big ones in Ajayi and the and Other than that, it's really looking at Town without Burgess, although that kind of readjusted back line has been quite good, I'd say, in the last few weeks. Other than that, it's Leicester who have taken the biggest hit. Um, Tom Cannon in quite good form, but for a player of his age, having to shoulder the burden of a team that hopes to be the best in the history of the division, I think that's quite tough. So maybe one that Town can take advantage of. Yeah, we shall
0: see. And uh, AJ will be the man. To cover all bases for the Asian Cup, so if you want, to I'd assume so.
2: It, I think that'll be my role, won't it? <laughs> Realistically,
0: yeah, I don't care. I don't care. And of course, if Cameron version in Australia win it, then lovely job, happy days for Cameron. But deep down, no one really cares. But yeah, anyway, that's maybe just me being blunt about it, maybe. Um, but best of luck to all the teams who are competing in the AFCON and uh, Asian Cup. And um, we're going to move on to a big game on Saturday, live on Sky, Sunderland are in town, the Black Cats. Um, of course, Town beat, um, well, it was Tony Mowbray's um, Sunderland back then, um, 2-1 to start Town's Championship season with a bang. Nathan Broadhead and George Hurst scoring the goals. Now they've got a new manager Michael Bill, not Ian Bill, AJ, myself. I've even typed that in at one stage. I put Ian Bill in, but no, Michael Bill, of course, um, who, who left Rangers um, a few months ago. Stu, how are you feeling for this one, my friend? Sunderland, of course, sick from the table. Um, got a decent team they've
1: got a new manager now. Ian Bill would play Don Ball up front. <laughs> I'd trust, I trust Ian to do that. Um, yeah, sixth in the table, Sunderland. is where they finished last season as a newly promoted club. It's where they find themselves now. Uh, another tough test for Ipswich, isn't it? You just keep thinking, oh, they've got through a, a tricky little run of fixtures. And uh, what are the next ones? Sunderland at home and, and Leicester away. So uh, it doesn't get any easier. Sunderland in Jack Clark have got one of the division's best players. He looks a Premier League standard player, may well even go there this month. Talk of West Ham being interested in him, 12 goals from from the wing. So he's someone to keep an eye on. bit like Ipswich, have they got enough of a a goal scorer at the moment? Um, It's a very young squad, isn't it? Um, They've gone down that route. I think there's a lot of talk about whether they've got enough experience um, in their squad. But... um, yeah, another tricky game considering Ipswich, you know, as as we know, are going to be without um, at least a couple of, of key players. So um, it's more about what Ipswich can do, how they can handle the players that they're going to be without. <clears throat> Hopefully the Wimbledon result last weekend just provides a little bit of timely confidence. And yeah, it'd just be nice if, if this kind of feeling, this sort of, X Games without a win in the league doesn't doesn't grow and uh, already was, there's a bit of noise now with with people like Don Goodman, the Sky pundit, talking about the pressure being on and that's created a bit of a conversation this week. All that sort of stuff. We we don't really want that narrative to to grow too much and it to you know to come into play psychologically. So it feels like this with, with Leicester coming up after it feels like this has got a reasonable weight to it. I would say this game.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's a big game. morsey you know, Town, you know, still about to win the last five league games. Obviously, got the win, as Stu said, in the FA Cup, was a good confident boost. Um, AJ, big thing about this game. No Sam Morsey. He's uh, first game of his two-game suspension. Uh, he's going to be a big loss. There's some, some other big losses as well.
2: Uh, how are you feeling for this one? Step up, Lewis Travis. This is your time, I think. He's had a full week in training. He comes in with um, a little bit of kind of... In and out of the Blackburn team, but I don't think that that would necessarily do too much damage to his momentum. You'd hope that, well, maybe this is a good chance for him to start at the end of the day as, as a natural defensive midfielder. It's these two games you're really looking at where town are going to be without a natural defensive midfielder. Um, <coughs> pardon me. In, in terms of Sunderland as well, it's interesting looking at their results because their form is all over the place. They are an unbelievably streaky team. You look back to kind of the start of October, three losses then bounce back with win, draw, win, then had two losses and a draw, then two wins, then two losses, then win, draw, win, and then they come into this one off the back of a 3-0 loss to Newcastle. And that's maybe an interesting one to look at because it's going to be a similar team that played that game that's going to come to Portman Road. And have they been knocked a little bit? You know, Losing at home to Newcastle in a game like that is kind of... No disgrace in a lot of ways, but everything surrounding that was an absolute train wreck for Sunderland. Um, if you haven't seen the build-up to that one with what happened at the Stadium of Light, I implore you to go look at the many articles that have been written about what uh, happened to their stadium in the build-up to that, all the negativity around it. There has been a lot of negativity even before that when you look at Bill's appointment. The vast majority of fans didn't want it, thought it was a bad change in terms of getting rid of Mowbray and bringing him in, um, then to welcome... Your biggest rivals, your arch rivals, um, in probably up there with one of the biggest derbies in the country, um, have that in an FA Cup third round tie, the first one that's been played in something like seven years, and to lose 3 0 in a game where the golfing quality was absolutely colossal. You could see it from space. I think that might knock the stuffing out of them a little bit. So they've had a week to reset. They'll understandably look at the town team and think there's no Sam Morsey, there's no George Hurst, there's areas we can get at them. They're defensively looking at like, like having a bit of a reshift um, in terms of zebe I mean, has been at right back, in terms of Edmondson maybe hasn't had quite the minutes, but he's impressed quite a lot. Leaf Davis, touch and go, things like that. Um, so it's just about how that balance plays out. Are they going to be a team that's totally knocked by what happened last weekend? And are they going to have one of their poor, streaky runs? Possibly. Are they going to look at the positives and think there are really ways they can get this Ipswich time team? Yeah, I'd say so as well. Um, Someone's got to give there. But um, I think they'll see it as an opportunity. And then Tam will also be thinking we can get out of these for what happened last week. I don't think they're fully going to be there.
1: You look at their results and they've beaten Leeds, Southampton and West Brom this season, which tells you on their day... They're a good side, hence why they are where they are in in the table. But then I look at their away form recently and a 1-0 win at Harla's side. They've not been that great on on the road. Um, Drew at Rotherham in their last away game, lost at Bristol City before that. Drew at Millwall, lost at Plymouth. Drew at Swansea, lost at Leicester, lost at Stoke. So I think Ipswich can take some... Some some hope and belief from, from those results. Um, yeah, I'd just be very very interested to see what Kieran is going to tell us a little bit later on this afternoon in terms of who who he's got available. We know Sam Morsey um is suspended for the next two. I think Alex is right. Lewis Travis has been brought in for a reason. I think there might be a bit of rustiness to to him, but I think the type of character that we we've heard him described as as being this ultra-competitor warrior someone who just wants to play um, means I think that he'll he'll go straight into the team after a week on on the training pitch. Um, up front is going to be a very big selection. Um, I, personally, I think it, it will be Caden Jackson. If he's fit, we need to check in on, on that because I think he did come off with a little bit of a knock at, at Stoke and was an unused sub at Wimbledon. But I think from what I gather, the Sunderland goalkeeper's not not the best and most confident with his feet. So Caden Jackson kind of charging him down might be something that they look at as opposed to kind of broadhead playing. Um, I guess is more of a, a false nine um, up front, uh, and then fullback is going to be very interesting indeed. Whether you know the big question is whether Leif Davis is is fit with his calf strain that's kept him out for a bit. Is Harry Clark okay? He's having injections in in his Achilles. Um, so yeah, this is a real tester now for Ipswich. Can they can they get through this period? They've been very very fortunate with injuries up until this point. How how can they cope? Can they get through this little period?
0: Yeah, and obviously we'll we'll find out more as Stu said about from Keir McKenna's um, press conference. Obviously we're recording this before that, so um, yeah, we don't know. It's very much up in the air until we find out. So uh, uh, Stu and AJ will be there to give you a live blog and all that jazz um shall we just get right into predictions then boys um because yeah we still don't know about injuries and stuff i'm going to give a little update on the leaderboard of course aj is still leading the way with 32 points i'm on 29 he he's on 20 uh 28 i'd say 28 he's on 18 and Stu, you're on 17 my friend but it's still you know halfway of the season to go um what do you reckon then boys for this one um shall we start Stu, or do you want to do you want to take it
1: i'll start if you want yeah um I've gone one nil-lip switch. Yeah, they have been, despite all the changes in defence, a couple of clean sheets recently. I think uh, there might be an extra bit of focus on that at the moment with some reduced attacking options. Um, And I think it might come from a set piece. We saw a couple of scruffy goals from corners uh, at Wimbledon last weekend. I've got the fridge down as the goal scorer, George Edmondson. God, when was the last time he scored a goal? Oh, he scored. got one at Plymouth, I remember, didn't he? He did. Yeah. That was like the second phase from a from a corner.
0: Yeah, it's been a while anyway. I don't think he scored in, in the in the championship, has he? Um, obviously. But yeah, interesting. 1 0. AJ, what do you reckon? Um, both teams like to score. It's uh, your town, off, obviously, at Portland Road. We've seen many, many big score
2: lines. What do you reckon? Mm. It was 2 1 away. I'm going for 2 1 at home mirroring the reverse fixture, I thought that going George Edmondson was going to be a really left-field pick, and then Stu took it right out of my hands because my logic was exactly the same. I thought, oh, set-pieces were a big part in that Wimbledon game. Who, realistically, is going to be the big centre-back to get their big head on that ball and turn it in? And I went straight to George Edmondson. But you know what? At the end of the day, maybe Stu's pointed me in the right direction because... I'm in the position where I can play it a little bit more safe. I think I'm not here to take risks, it's in my hands. Um, Nathan Broadhead got a goal and an assist at the Stadium of Light. He'll be up for this one if he's playing up front, then he'll be bags of goals. Who's playing on the left, well, not bags of goals, but you know, he's in a position to score bags of goals. If he's playing on the left, then he's in his natural position and he'll be right up for it, regardless of where he plays. Um, maybe hasn't hit quite the right levels, but you. You look at what he did last week against Wimbledon, he's been in some kind of form in terms of his performances in that one. So he's going to be my pick. Nathan Broadhead, score first town to win
0: 2-1. Okay, uh, just quickly quick little stat on George Emerson. Last goal he scored was in the 4-4 draw against Charlton, Stu, um, okay. and also scored against Morecambe away from home as well um, last season, obviously. And he also scored in Northampton in the, in the Pizza Cup back then when we won 6-0. So, um, so yeah, it's been a while since he scored. Um, October 2022. So, can he change that? Uh, I'm going to go for a draw, actually, boys. I'm sorry to say, I'm going to go for a Desmond, a old Desmond, a two-two, and Connor Chaplin's going to score first to um, sort of break this little purple patches on. As we spoke before, haven't we, Stu? That he's had purple patches before. I think he's six games without a goal, so um, he'll he'll get himself a goal. Maybe he'll start the scoring. It it's the opposite become. of
1: a purple patch. That's a drought. Oh, yeah, you're going to start a purple patch. Is that what, what we're saying? It? No. Oh, um, what
0: am I talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what I'm talking about. But he's going to score anyway, and <laughs> we're going to draw. Unfortunately, we'll get hefi's prediction as well, and uh, we'll find out you know, how we get on against Sunderland's at Portman Road. Um, boys, any other business from you? You're heading off to the Prince Conference. I know AJ's got to get ready to get a train in a second, but um, any other
1: business from you, Stu? Nope, no other business. Keep your eye on the website for later on. Alex, is going to be live live updates throughout Kieran McKenna's press conference. So I think you'll all be wanting to hear what the latest is on this striker search Um whether Leaf Davis is fit or not, if there's any other injury concerns going into this one. So, yeah, log on and, and get uh, get those updates. As soon as it comes out of Kieran McKenna's mouth, it will be channeled down Alex's fingers and onto our website for you.
0: Yeah, typing away, as always. AJ, any other business
2: from you?
1: I don't know how my Wi-Fi is at the moment. Everything's
2: kind of blacking out. been on a hotspot for the last kind of 30-odd minutes, and Stu said, Alex, I think there's problems with your Wi-Fi. There absolutely are problems with my Wi-Fi, so uh, apologies for that. Also, I'd say uh, apologies for no live blogs at the the last few press conferences. I think that it's been a little bit hard to kind of juggle that with the amount of games and getting in and out of Ipswich, but back today, back next week, um, all the updates live on the website. So uh got lots of stuff to get your teeth into in the, the next few hours, and hopefully that'll be a running theme over the next few weeks too.
0: Indeed, bring it on. Um, Quick little plug as well. Um, Heathie will be back next week so um, because I've been on everything this week. um, So you're probably sick and tired of me. But uh, Heathie will be back in the hot seat. Um, Also check out all the other podcasts we've done this week. Track the Girls Talk uh, with Maisie Barker uh, chatting um, about her start to life at Itchish Town. Also looking ahead to the Track the Girls game against Cholton in the FA Cup, which is a big game. They're playing a championship side. So it should be a good game at AJ Arena in Felix though, 1pm kickoff, get down there. If you fancy watching a game of footy, maybe two games in your weekend. And also check out the Kings of Anglia fan social where Bloomers and K Dog get their thoughts on all things town as well. Um, as always, big shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. If you're going to the game, enjoy. It. If you're not, follow the game with the boys and myself as we look forward to that game at Portman Road. And thanks again for listening to another Kings of Anglia. Bye bye for now.